Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for tuning in again and spending your time with us here on your radio TV show, Raising Expectations. We're sure thankful that you're here with us tonight, and we pray that you had a really good day, that the Lord walked with you and uh, led you through that day. We're excited tonight. We have a wonderful series uh, that we're going into, and a special uh, guest, a very special couple you're going to meet in a minute. But first of all, we'll do what we normally do. And now that it's summertime, as you probably know, we have people that are kind of moving all around on us. And uh, we're going to share that with you each week. So we have good news. I'm going to start on the East Coast tonight because we're excited. Our favorite trauma surgeon in the whole wide world, he's here with us tonight. (laughs) Dr. Thayer's back. And what an exciting trip. Uh, and I'm just going to ask him. I think it'd be cool. Would you tell us just a, just a word? Uh, Stephanie, you could share Steph's at a, as a church thing tonight, but maybe share just a quick word because we've been praying for and excited for the boys. Um, you know, it, boys got to play international water polo at the ages of 14 to 16, so that's huge. Um, you get to meet people from other countries that were communist and now socialist, and but they're just people, you know. They're so they learned that we're all created equal and not always the same. And people generally in those countries are just as the same as other ones. So governments tend to do things to people. So what a anyway, great, so it's great. Um, yeah. uh, long flight, though. So. <laughs> what a great learning experience, huh, Tank? Wow. And, yeah. of course, most of you know that uh, Tank is uh, – Olympian water polo player. He's what are you six five six six? six yeah, five. yeah. There you go. So yeah. Uh, yeah, they made us play water polo when I got to school in Texas, and uh, and boy, they almost killed us. I thought I was pretty good in the water, being a service <laughs> kind of guy, but they just like to kill me. Yeah. So I have a whole respect for what he does and what his boys do also. So it's fantastic. Then let's go all the way back to the West Coast to Lompoc and Dr. Paul Hall, who you know is one of our favorite guys in the whole world. Paul is a retired pastor, but he's a a, a teacher, a theologian. As we often say, he theologues all the time. Theologue is a word that we made up, which is very good. I know if Webster was alive today, he'd put it in his dictionary. He'd think it was cool. But anyway, (laughs) theologue is a word that talks about how Paul puts his great knowledge of Scripture into everyday activities in life and is able to give great insight, and uh, we love and appreciate Paul also. We've been friends 55 years, something like that, 52 years. Yeah, that's not good. Well, that's a long time. So uh, I think he's still got the uh, sheepers, the sheep hook that he got from Moses when we went around Mount Sinai. But anyway, thanks to California. You still got it? I got it. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell us. It's probably made in Japan. It has a rubber thing on the bottom, but we won't tell anybody. But uh, Tank is from California also, but uh, he and his wife, Stephanie, does a tremendous job as a really well-known health and well care uh, coach, and uh, they're both specialists in nutrition. And so uh, she is, uh, like we said, working with a special project tonight, I guess, with the guys at church, and uh, they've got a great opportunity in in schooling and educating. And I do want to throw this in. Coming up probably on the 29th or or the 19th of September, we're going to have John Brooks from Faith Christian Schools, who is uh, one of my friends for many, many years back when I was in the administration there. And uh, 
He's going to come and share how you educate your children today and how it works with Stephanie. Stephanie's going to love this because you guys do such a great job in working with the boys. So uh, in any event, uh, tonight, going back to Central America, actually Texas, but that's in the center, and South America, we, we want to tell you that Ron and his wife, um, <laughs> Ros, Rosalind, that's something big. We call her Ros, so I guess that's fair enough. But they're on their way down there. They're in some kind of a special family real estate, something going on, and they had to get down there and do some, some work on it. And he was going to try and plug in, but sometimes that doesn't work. So he, uh, he said he'd be back next week. So we'll probably be a lot more um, serious and very intellectual. <laughs> right yeah i don't think so probably not but ron is a great brother in christ a great pastor great uh disciple maker with man in the mirror and uh and his wife ross they were driving down there together so guys you'll be proud of for each one of you i got him on there and he was on the phone i said ross we want to thank you for sharing your husband with us. He is a great guy. And he's saying, are you listening, Roz? Are you listening? And they said, we all love and appreciate him. And you did a great job on him. So keep up the good work. He said it was going real good till you got to the end, Joe. But anyway, <laughs> they had a good time as they were driving. So that makes the team tonight. And we're excited to have with us two wonderful people that I had the privilege of meeting about three weeks ago in San Jose, California, and actually they're from Santa Cruz, and uh, it's very, very special. You're going to get to meet them tonight. They're going to share with us. This is Richard and April Laird, and uh, they gave me a ride home from a very special function, and April and Richard, uh, they they had some testimony. They loved the Lord. They go to Calvary Chapel up there, and uh, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans that when you run into people that love the Lord like you do and are great people of faith, that your spirit bears witness with theirs. And we just had the best talk. I said, well, I got to share you with everybody and let everybody get to meet you some. So uh, we're going to give you tonight. I don't have the tape down there yet. We'll have you back. But next time you come, we'll give you the 20th Century Fox intro. But anyway, (laughs) tonight, we want to give you just the hand clap. And his wife, Steph, always does a drum roll for us. But tonight, hey, we're so glad you're with us. April and Richard, welcome to Raising Expectations. We're good to have you with us tonight. Great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you so much. God bless you. (laughs) That was Richard. I figured that out. So, uh, hey, we thought it'd be great yeah, if you just told them a little bit about uh, your testimony, and then we'll just jump in and, and have a great time. They uh, they talked about something I thought was great. You know, we talk about faith in today's culture war, what's going on, and uh, being strong in our faith. And sometimes it takes uh, warriors. We have to be very strong in what we're doing in our faith. And they shared that with me, and it touched my heart. So, why don't you share with us, if you would, a little bit about each of yourselves and together, and we could have a great time together. Okay, well, <clears throat> Richard's pointing at me, so I'll start. <laughs> uh, it's really great to be here, and uh, this this really was a surprise, um, but, um, you know, we just, the Lord always surprises us, right? You never know what he has <laughs> planned next, and so we're here, and uh, here I am. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess... Just a kind of a little bit of background on my part. Um, <clears throat> I was raised Catholic, and uh, we stopped going to church when my parents divorced when I was a kid around 10. And uh, it's an interesting thing, but I s- was searching spiritually for the majority of my life. And, uh, you know, it, it, still at the same time living the worldly life, right? Sex, drugs, rock and roll, two ended marriages, uh, you know, uh, and out there raising my kids and um, not really being uh, feeling like I had a purpose in my life and um, not really having direction and um, certainly not having the peace of the Lord. And uh, so anyway, when I met Richard in 2014, um, we met in a club. (laughs) And uh, so I broke the rule and I went out with a guy that I met in the club. And um, so the rest is sort of history now, but (laughs) he, uh, he said he wanted to, if when he did get married again, that he wanted a woman that loved Christ. And so I had already been feeling this tug to go to church. And so he brought me to Calvary Chapel in Capitola and I had always wanted to read the Bible and understand it. 
And uh, so it's a verse by verse church. And uh, you know, it was a little strange going after 50 years almost the last time I was in church. Um, but on the second time there, you know, Lord pierced my heart and the tears came rolling down and, and, uh, I'm happy to say that I accepted Christ and I'm born again. Um, my life is completely different and I'm so grateful. I told my father, I said, I finally have traction in my relationship with the Lord. Amen. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just here to, to, to share that, uh, I feel alive. I feel, um, feel at peace. I feel that I have a purpose and I'm excited to see what the Lord has for us to do. Um, we've certainly ministered to many people here and there with prayer and sharing our testimony. And so I hope that what we share today might touch someone and, and uh, perhaps bless them or um, maybe draw them in to know Christ because uh it really made all the difference in my life for sure. And I'm so, so, so grateful all the time for Amen. that. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> um, a little background about me. Um, I, I just, I grew up in a family that, you know, there was a fair amount of things going on and that were not easy to deal with. And, I would just say the, it was an abusive family. I was lost in addictive patterns growing up. I ultimately got married. And after 16 years, I blew up my marriage. I got to a point where I didn't like myself. I had all kinds of stuff happening from my childhood and I really needed help. So one day my wife and children just left me and I hit bottom. And a friend, good friend of mine looked at me and goes, hey, Richard, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. And he said, I need you to come with me. So he took me into a Calvary church and I sat down with seven older men who gave me their hearts and told me about Jesus. And then my, my, my life turned around and my bottom went up and I, I started to read the word of God every day. And I started to pray and I went to church and I found the church really helped me and everything just started lifting up and my knowledge and my experience and my self image and everything just grew. And you know what? It was all because of Jesus. It's because the Lord was patient on me because the Lord loved me. He was, he was willing to wait on me. And when I was ready, he mm. brought me to a place. And you know what? He humbled me. Mm. He humbled me. It brought me to a wonderful place. And today, you know, seven years later, I, I met April. We, we brought her to the church. She got washed in the church. I witnessed it. And they were married in that same church seven years ago. And what, what is it like today to have a, a relationship with Christ? There's nothing better. It's changed everything in my life, my viewpoint, my life. I don't want to do anything in my life today unless Jesus is, is involved in it. And my finances and my work and my relationships I became a deacon in my church. I'm running for a local school board. God asked me to do this. God is working through me to do things that I never thought I would be doing. Or, you know, and now I'm doing them because I love the Lord and I love people. If you really ask me who I am today, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm a servant. Yes, amen. Amen. <laughs> Awesome. That about says it, huh, Tank? Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's right. He's there, Tank? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we moved to Georgia, and this county just elected a pastor to the board of supervisors for the school. I think that's probably a pivotal place for Christians to be. I think we need to be the light, all truth and all love. Um, but we need truth, right? So, so this um, sex education to K and third grade is not allowed in Georgia. They just make it happen. That's not true in California. So you've got you've got a battlefield there. So and, and it needs to be fought because these kids are impressionable and they just don't know. That's right. That's right. Amen. You know, I have to uh, say one thing. I'm so sorry. I really am so sorry, but this is so important to me to say this. We love the word of God. We read it every day and study it. It's amazing what it does in your life. And, and I just, just can't say enough about the word of God in my life and what it's done. It pierces, it rebukes, it exposes, it brings everything to light, Lord, and it makes you a better person. And I just love the Lord 
and love the word of God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Richard, you're on the set. That's it, brother. You know, I used to say a lot. Maybe, maybe Paul said this too. We said a lot of things together for a lot of years. But Tank, I know you probably heard this. We shared once. I used to use the effect in my book. People say, you know, we read the Bible, and that's true. Uh, but actually, the, the older I get, I like Richard saying, yeah, I read the Bible, but I discovered that actually the Bible's reading me. Because mm. I do know some of the things the Bible said. And yeah, you study this and you study that when you're younger. And then all of a sudden you walk down that road of life and you get to that place, like you said, April, I really want to know what's going on. Or you get into this woke generation, like what is really going on in this world? And then yeah. you begin to realize, uh, you know, the truth of God's word never changed. What it was, was it's like this powerful base through which God says, that's the direction. And now that you're here, you can understand what I mean by this. Now you move forward, like Richard said, that I will teach you and grow you and give you an anchor that holds. Um, there's so much happening in the nation now. And I think about, uh, I think about people who, uh, they want to draw lines in the sand, this, that, and the other, um, on things that don't really matter. What we should draw the lines on the sand, first of all, we make sure that the sand's at the foot of the cross, because the ground's level at the foot of the cross, mm. and that's when you open the Word of God. He died for all of us, and it's the shed blood of Christ that does that, and so I think we need to come together on putting our faith in the the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And like you said, April, being born again and tanking your testimony from Providence Street. I love it. should share that again a little. We need to go from there. We we try on our program here to be open. Everybody I talk to, I know Paul's that way. You know, we listen and we we share. And, we, and if they're willing to say something, well, we, we share our heart. But it's along the line of what Richard said. It's, uh, hey, I've got a faith. It takes more faith for you to be an atheist, atheist, as you say, than it does for me to have faith in God because it's there. So you believe what you want, but I'm praying for you because he has given me a peace. And mm. it's a new section of my life, too, where it's all there. Right, Paul? This guy, Paul Hall over here, Tank will tell you, he is a man who has instilled something in my life over many years Joe, no matter what we read or study, no matter what we do, it all boils down to this. You, you trust God one day at a time by faith, one day at a time, and he takes you through. Right, Paul? But you've That's said right. so many times. Yeah. You got something you want to share there, Paul? You know, I do. I have a question uh, for for both of you. And um, April, let, let me start with you. A while ago, you said that you'd found peace. Uh, you you said I'm alive. I have peace and I have a purpose. Okay. Amen. So tell me about your purpose. I um, like Richard said. We're we're in the Word every morning, almost not perfect, but pretty much. And during the last um, almost eight years now of study um, on our own and and all these different teachers that I love, I just I'm really hungry. And uh, I see that now that when Jesus died and he purchased my soul, now I belong to him. So I see that my life has purpose now because my purpose is to serve the Lord and to do what he wants me to do here on earth. He's created the body and each one of us have our own special gifts. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my purpose is to share my gift, to be the part of the body, right? And to carry that out. And I, I'm like a kid in a candy store, I think, you know, when it comes to all the different teachings and all the different aspects of, of the gifts and spirit and his word and my role as a wife and as a, as a, as a mother and um, serving the church and just the people that are there, um, other women. Um, so as far as my purpose goes right now where I'm at is I'm feeling a big tug to move forward and start sharing Christ out in the open. Um, we started a little bit of uh, our first week on uh, street street um, ministry and uh, just sharing the word out there uh, here in Capitola. And uh, it was really scary, but I'm really excited. And uh, we've been praying, walking the neighborhoods and praying through the neighborhoods, um, things like that. But a lot of, you know... Pr 
warfare kind of prayer and things like that. And uh, I think that we just, we really need it. I mean, there's just so much, you know, when you're, when your eyes are open, there's so much evil going on. If you, you know, and now we have eyes to see, right. And it's overwhelming at times. And, uh, but then, you know, we just put our eyes back on Christ and the word and to bring us back to the truth and to peace and to, you know, our direction. Okay. Richard, here's, here's a question for you, Richard. Okay. Now living in California, the way we all have or do currently, when you say Capitola or Santa Cruz or San Francisco, uh, one of the things that would pop in your head is, in my opinion, uh, progressivism, liberalism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would assume that uh, many of the school boards are very progressive, very liberal, et cetera. So as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, and uh, as, a, as a redeemed and uh, a person being conformed to the image of Christ, okay, how are people responding to your message as you're running for school board? You know, because I, I get a sense that you're not, you, you're certainly not afraid to say what you believe. Okay. But what, what's the attitude towards that? What what are you receiving from other people? Um, I, the particular, I'll just be straight with you. The particular board that I'm running for has been in place for 10 years. No one has ever questioned anything they've done. They were, they're deep, wide in racial justice, critical race theory, uh, gender studies, all, all this nonsense that's been going on. So the last three, four months, um, I've been forming a team and a campaign to address this. I've got a couple people, what, one's another Christian, one's a Republican that we're going after to take control of this board um, in November in the election. So uh, I come at it from a position of I'm, I'm pro-parent pro-student. I believe in education, educational standards. Um, California is last in the nation. Uh, That's a problem. And and yet the board members that I've been listening to for months never talk about how to improve education. They're they're very focused on equity, racial justice, and all these things that have little or nothing to do with increasing test scores, educational standards, you know what I mean? And, And making sure these kids are ready to go to high school and go to college. So I think there's been an intentional focus on other things other than what we're supposed to be doing, which is educating. So my big thing today, what I say to people is education, not indoctrination. Okay. That's good. Are you finding, are you finding some acceptance to that? Is there openness? Are you, do you um, I have to be, parents yeah, I just, I have to be careful. Um, I have to be kind of, you know, I have to know who I'm talking to when I'm hitting, I'm, I'm going to be hitting the every door in my neighborhood, in my district. I'm going to go talk to the people. I'm, that's going to be my strategy is to talk to every parent and every in my district uh, so I can get to know them and understand what's important to them. But also say, we're here to change things. We think parents should have a say in everything that goes on with their child and the school shouldn't be involved in personal things, that kind of conversation and making them better educated students because it's, it's, we're terrible. Our, our K-12 system and education system and scoring is terrible. And parents, I don't think they want some, they want change. They're just not sure how to go about that. So I, I, I was called to this by the Lord for sure. He called me, he got me out of bed. He took me down to the County building. He took me up to the fourth floor. I signed up. I had no idea what I was doing. And, <laughs> and next thing I know, I was signed up for the school board. So I'm going to let the Lord lead me and that's it. You know, I, I'm here to stand in the gap and, and to be a Gideon soldier and to do whatever the Lord asked me to do. I, I think, uh, can I add something to that? Sure. Please. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think when, when he talked about doing that, it seemed really like the right thing to do for sure. Um, but we knew that, you know, it's probably not going to be a real easy uh, experience for sure. You know, cause we are in, in, in a different, well, we're on the coast of California. And we are surrounded by, you know, uh, people who think differently. However, I will say that the people that we have talked to about it around the neighborhood have been very nice. Very receptive. And even though they may have different political views, I think 
where the rubber hits the road is, is, is this whole thing where, what are the schools doing? Are they teaching the kids what the kids need to learn or, or, or what exactly are they doing? We're in California. I'm a realtor. I, I sell real estate. I know the prices of the real estate. I know the kind of taxes that they're drawing here. What the heck are they doing with the money? We should have some of the best educated kids here um, in the whole nation, mm-hmm. but we're not. Mm-hmm. And and so it's time to start questioning this, no matter what side of the political end you are, you know, and, and hopefully through that, as people's eyes start to open and they start to see what's really going on, that we'll be unified through that is what I'm hoping mm-hmm. will happen. Yeah. Over yeah. the kids. Yeah, well, we'll certainly pray for you. We uh, Some of the other guests we've had, interesting <clears throat> enough, uh, that, that were, you know, politically minded, et cetera. And we've asked them on occasion, well, what what should we as citizens do? And almost to the person, they said, run for your school board, run for the school board. And uh, boy, that that's just that's just bedrock, basic foundational things, you know, that are so critical to the whole process. And, uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it'll be a fight, you know, it'll be a fight. But uh, if the three of us get elected to the board, we can take control of it. It's it's going to set some fires for sure. We, we really trust the Lord that the Lord's at work at this. Yes. And, and the interesting thing is, is we've been watching this. Richard, first, we were inspired because we went to go see another man in in the area that had kind of grassroots as well and is moving up the ladder, you know, as he goes. And you talked about, you know, knocking on doors, heavy, serious Christian, beautiful Christian, him and his wife and his kids. And he was they were very, um, they inspired us. But beyond that, I guess what I wanted to um what I wanted to say was, is that every step of the way, there has been amazing help for every aspect of Richard running for school board. So if anyone's thinking about it, I'm getting chills all over my body, spirits here. If, if, if you're where you're supposed to be, the Lord will make it work. He will bring people to help you. Richard's meeting like-minded people who want to run for the board as well. And um, it's just an amazing thing to watch. It's really exciting. And um you know what? You can't fail with the Holy Spirit. Preach on, right on, right? When the battle's bigger than you are, turn to God. That's right. That's right. Wow. Do the things you can and pray for the things you can't. Exactly. Yeah, because you know he had a mug and it said, "Not by my, not by uh, my, my, my power, power my might or my power, but by Spirit." Stephaniah. Yeah, so it's a good one, a good reminder. Yeah, I think, you know, Stephanie, my wife, would tell you that her biggest coaching thing during COVID was not really about health or nutrition. It was about coaching moms and how to teach their kids virtually at homeschool. Because we've done it for eight years now. So, so she knew the books to refer people to. That said, I think what you guys have is a teachable moment that I think parents want to change. They see, you already hit the nail on the head. Where did the money go? Well, where did the money go? Yeah. That, right? So, so that needs to change, you know, and that's going to have to come from you guys. Educating parents where the money went. And then saying, yeah, the system doesn't work. The common core. You know, it was an epic failure. I mean, what, what, what system has pass, no pass, and their pass? I mean, you either hit the target or you didn't hit the target. <laughs> we know yeah. where it didn't go, but we don't know where it went. Huh? <laughs> I'd like to make a comment about the Common Core. Um, it was interesting, but who I don't forget who we were talking to, but I believe it was another Christian and she was saying that the whole common core was about the parents not being able to help the kids with their homework. And sure. I can attest to this because I used to help out at my son's school. And when we started getting, you know, around fifth, sixth grade or so, I was in helping the kids with math. And I said, well, I can get the answer, but I can't do it, yep. you know, the way we're supposed to do it here. And I was scratching my head because they keep selling it, telling you, Oh, well, this is a better way to do it. And I thought to myself, what was wrong with the old way? You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Amen. Right. Well, it's but, uh, we knew how to do it. So now yeah. you can't help our kids. But it made me feel like I was less than. It mm-hmm. made um and then 
I wonder now that I look back and, you know, that was a revelation, right? When somebody says something like that, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. Because so much of this agenda is to take the kids away from the parents, right? And, and to focus them on the teachers, that the teachers are the ones to listen to and not their kids. And so this is all as part of those puzzle pieces, I think, as, as we're watching, you know, as we're experiencing this raising our kids, but now that they're grown somewhat, mostly. Yeah. Um, we have 28 ways we learn, and the schools address two of those. And they treat dyslexia, which I have with my youngest guys, um, as it's a disease, almost like left-handed was back in the day. And there's 20% of us in the schools now. So, and a very high percentage of those that have been beaten down and not criminals and in prison that are um, brilliant people. And um, but just been ego, you know, youngest people out of school because that's what was happening. Now is he gets out of the project in a minute and a half to take a half hour. And then he'd, he'd entertain and then he gets sent to the principal's office and the principal mm-hmm. called him stupid. So he's a, he's a Christian pastor principal. So yeah. So uh yeah it's not the system's not there, things need to be changed and you guys are gonna do that. I can't wait to see what you do. Yeah. Well there's one good thing too. One of our favorite guys is David Victor Hansen. No, Victor David Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where he taught there at Santa Cruz and he speaks about the need there. So we should all call him up and tell him about you and have him come up there and talk for you. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> He's incredible. Yeah. And, um, he would, he would, uh, I, I tell you every time he talks, I'm so impressed with what he has to share, but, uh, yeah. Tank, you grew up in the Bay area, right? Yeah, I was uh, just going to ask that next question. It's yeah. not, not anything to do with schooling, but I heard San Jose. Were you guys in San Jose? Um, so um, I grew up in Campbell, and um, so my friend uh, Sheila. It was we were celebrating a very belated 60th birthday, <laughs> and uh, so yes, we went to school in San Jose. Which and, high school? Uh, Del Mar High School. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I went to Monta Vista. In oh, nice in Cupertino, right? Yeah. 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 There you go. That's a great from Apple, Apple computer. So yes, exactly. Well, which is again problems. So my my one of the biggest arguments my wife and I ever got into was homeschooling, and I wanted my kids to experience the public school that I did. And then I when I realized it just doesn't exist anymore. There's sex going on a basketball court at the dance, and there's drugs that are going around. That yeah, were there when I was a kid, but not when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's, it's just not the same. And then, and then, to point out that Monta Vista, Fremont Union High School District, appeared on U.S. News as one of the top 50 schools in the United States, the only public school in the United States on that list. So she's like, come on, man, you're a unicorn. You grew up, obviously, at high school in a court that was named Providence that no one else could have. Mm-hmm. Well, see what a great record you set there at Monta Vista. You got them going. You probably started them going well. Good job, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you know, that's the ego thing of me. So one day I'm like, you know, okay, how many doctors came from this school? And then I remember, oh, crap, there's a guy that was a year, two years ahead of me, but graduated a year early. That wanted to be a cardiovascular pediatric surgeon. Wow. And you know you're, you're big. When you have a Wikipedia site, <laughs> this guy, he's been on TV, he's been, I'm like, okay. I mean, he, back in high school, he'd like read the dictionary, just memorize the words. So it's kind of a super brain. Can't <laughs> keep up with that. Oh, my goodness. I tell you something really great. Uh, a lot of the audience, you know this already, but uh, one of the things that we love, uh, Richard April, about uh, Tank is... Uh, we should say doctor there, but he's his family with all of us. But not about got, titles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he simply shared how uh, with me once it touched my heart how whenever somebody be brought in there in an emergency, you know, he would I pictured, you know, Marcus Welby actually, I'm still my age, but I, I look there and here's Tank. He says, I look at my hands and I look and I I look at that person there, and he had to make split decisions on what to do. And uh 
he always would send this prayer up. Uh, God, use my hands. Show me what to do. Show me how to bring life and to take care of this person. Work through my hands. And uh, that really touched me. That was very, very special. It's, um, it's a tremendous testimony you have there, Tank. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that was, you know, was, we had another guest on that was a CIA agent. And so she lived a very secretive life. And yeah. I was doing incredible things. And she's been on there three times. But um, the last time she got on, she said, you know, she just remembered something that she was in a big car accident. She should have died. And some trauma guy came in and said at the front of the bed, you're going to live. And I was like, you know, I've probably done that somewhere in my life, but don't even think about it, right? We just do these things. I thought about that, thing. How many people might be thinking about that, huh, Paul? When that that was Janine Cunell with the FBI, yeah. And uh, she graduated Dallas Baptist College, and she was also a newscaster on, I think it was ABC or CBS Channel 11 Dallas. And uh, she knows Richard from years ago, but... uh, then she became a, what's that word? Not clandestine. It's a, <laughs> no, I can't think of the word. I just do that to prove to everybody that I am a senior adult. Just, <laughs> just, yeah, that's part of, part of what we have to do. But anyway, uh, what is it, Paul? <laughs> Sorry, no, should have done that. She caught spies. You caught, thank you. That'll work. <laughs> she caught spies. <laughs> Some, something to do with, uh, it's not clandestine, but it's a, uh, it's probably not that hard a word, really. It's very simple. It'll come back to me. We'll get it next week, folks. When you tune in, we'll have it for you. <laughs> but don't forget to put down same time and same station. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so purpose and 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 life's meaning. And uh, I just to continue and pitch it back to you. We just, I think in my own life, that's the same way. Like you were saying, purpose and meaning. And sometimes those things change as we go through times in life, but. The biggest thing is the love and the peace, the presence and the power and the, the call of God on your lives. And I sure feel that as you shared your life and the things in your life. Tell us about the two of you together. It's pretty interesting teaming up this way. God knew what he was doing, huh? How about that? Okay. Let's get honest here. No, just no. Um, was it our first year of marriage uh, was, was tough. Uh, God had sur- God has all the far side. He knows what's going on. He knows where we're headed. So our first year of marriage, we had some stuff to work on. I know I did personally, but it was it was a tough first year. Um, you know, as God's like, okay, time for some more open heart surgery. Here we go. So yeah. it was definitely spiritual surgery going on there. And for me, helping me with some deeper things that I had going on since childhood. And I think April uh, saw some of this. And, uh, but you know, the Lord had a plan. The Lord worked it out. I got some help. Uh, everything got smoothened out. The Lord made me stronger. He gave me awareness, insights. He gave me a better way to be and learn and grow. And, you know, he's taken me through some really tough things, like I said, from childhood. And I'm a better man for it because of him. Amen. Love you, Lord. Um, I, I think for me, um, <clears throat> I'd been married twice, and uh, I, I couldn't imagine being married again because I, I felt that it would fail. And I think a lot of people, as we get older, and we've had failed marriages, but I wasn't saved yet. And uh, you, you lose confidence. And um, so this time, because Richard and I had were both saved and in the church and devoted Christians to the Lord, really, um, that... I felt like I could do it this time because we had the Lord this time, you know, yeah. and, and it was um, the chord of three, three chords. Right. Yeah. And yeah. right. And so I thought, okay, well, if, if I can't make it on my own, for sure, I can do it with the Lord because he can do it all. Right. And so we went in there with that confidence and we got to know the, the pastors in the church and different good prayer intercess intercessors and, things like that. And then after we got married that first year, really things blew up, frankly. And, you know, and you always see the Lord after he passes by, right? Like you think about the cleft in the rock and Moses and and he could only see after the Lord had passed by. So when I look back, I, I realized that the Lord got us into the church. He got us rooted into the church and then he let it fly. And, um, I had friends that said, you know, 
we had Richard moved out for a year. It was it was bad. It was really rough. And um, I know for a fact there's no way our marriage would have made it without our faith, without the church, without a lot of prayer from some really wonderful godly people who are our, our inspiration and mentors. And um, uh, that's that's our that's our probably our largest testimony for the Lord and the, what the Holy Spirit does. And we're a, we're a heavy worship church. And I have to say that when when I felt weak and things weren't working and I and I didn't think I could go on to just go in there and just worship, just be in church and just worship. And I would see how the worship would change everything from the time I walked in until I got like I went went in weak and left empowered and filled with the spirit and with faith. So I just wanted to share that because that's very personal for me. It was a really, really big. I saw the Lord at work in a big way. And I was talk about some clay on the potter's wheel. There was some really rough spots there. The Lord looked at me and said, Oh, this is going to hurt a little bit, Richard, but we got to go through this. So he smoothened it out, smoothened it out, smoothed it out. And it was a process. Yeah. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done, but I'm just saying <laughs> we're never like done. Jeremiah said it's that pressure on the pond. Like he said that makes it work. Paul, what do you think? Well, Paul. I hear the phrase, you know, in my own life, I hear, well, uh, back on the wheel, Paul. Okay. You know, here we go. And, uh, you know, I God, God never, I just love the fact that God never gives up. He just never gives up. He is so consistent and, Amen. and so um he he is so fixed on conforming us to the image of his son mm-hmm. and and everything that happens to us good bad ugly up down backwards forwards everything everything contributes to that process you know we yes. can if we just yield you know the, the mm. pocket trouble when it doesn't yield to the master's hand you know so that's that's where it goes nuts so uh, you know hello this is a lifelong process i love it you know and it causes a great great amount of uh theologuing every day you know you, you've, got to, <laughs> you've got to process it and you've that's got right. to stay with it you know and i'll say this you know being a christian is not for the faint of heart you know no. I mean, it's it's we are called to uh, serve and and follow him uh, yesterday just as a quick aside yesterday the bible study that we had in our little home church uh, was from the book of Luke about uh, about the three people that said well I'll follow you Jesus I'll, I'll go with you and then of course he told them reasons that they they couldn't but um, you know thinking about that and and the process of that um, that God's purpose, sometimes it is so incredibly clear. At other times, we have to cut through a lot of stuff to get to it. But he's still faithful. And, and, and I just you know, I encourage people to, to hang in there, persevere. Because yes. uh, this, this is, a, this is a, a lifelong process we're committed to, you know. And, uh, and I'll... I give, you know, <laughs> so, and, and not only I give, but I've, I, as much as my heart can find, I volunteer, you know, what, what, what you want and, uh, and let's, let's run with that. So that's what I was thinking. Amen. He's always, yeah, right. I, Thank I think, I mean, I, I sense you guys are yoked because yes. you're in Christ, Christ in you, and you're doing this together. <clears throat> I also sense that he usually closes his with you, which is great because without those, it's even harder. But I mean, I, if my wife's not here, but you know, she could comment that being yoked, like when I'm dragging her through the mud or she's dragging me through the mud, it's not always that much fun. <laughs> but you're stuck, right? Because you yoked. Got that collar on both your necks and stick oxygen. You're moving through life to do the right thing. So we used to say, you remember, Paul? Thank you, probably heard it too, that. Um, you know, I can't live the Christian life, but Christ will live it through me if I let him. Mm-hmm. That's the part where one day at a time comes in and he's there and he does live it through us because uh, he's he's way ahead of me, step by step every day as he reveals the plan. I, I don't know what he's doing, but I know that he's doing. 
exactly. <laughs> that's the key to it. Exactly. I love John 14, 27, the peace I give, which passes my understanding. I love be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, bring your needs to be known before the book. He's working. He's working. So, and I think sometimes the world, Paul, we, we talk about this, and you and Steph talked about it once when you talked about well, healthcare too, uh, Tank, that we want things, we want to, to do the job and see the result. God says, no, I want you to do the job. And then with nothing there, do you trust me to see where it's going to go from here? And it's a step-by-step. And uh, it's heads we win, tails they lose. Because if we work on it all of our life and we never see exactly what it is, got all eternity for him to show us. And if not, step-by-step, we'll see him work before us. I've got to do something real quick, and then I'm going to pitch it out. Paul and Tank, maybe have a a, a final thing you'd like to to say to to Richard April. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, we come to that time where uh, you got two preachers tonight and a, and a surgeon <laughs> to, to do this. But um, we are on the air because you all uh, give gifts from your heart to keep us there. And, you know, we're not a commodity. We're not something that if you do this and that, you get this and that. But hopefully, if you give a gift uh, to us in ministry, it does meet the cost for the radio program and the TV side of it. And at the same time, it enables us to encourage and strengthen you because we do pray for you. We pray for this show every single day. And uh, those of you that do text me, I do pray for you by name when you text me. So um, if, if you feel so led to, to give some to this production and, and raising expectations, all you do is go to the site. And here it comes. I'm going to say it for you. Next week, I promise you I'm going to have a much more, a much nicer sign to put up. But it's simply like this, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. That's it. bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. If you go there, there's a little donation button and you'll see all the things you can tune in, all the shows that we've done and all the people we've had with us. And uh, if you hit that donation button, we thank you. Whatever God leads you to give will be just the right amount because we'll be blessed just like you for whatever you can do. Thanks so much for letting me share my heart on that. And uh, I was going to draw straws, but I couldn't get them to Paul or Tank in time. So <laughs> in any event, that's where we are. Tonight. So we've got like uh, three and a half or four minutes here. Paul and Tank, what would you like to to, to ask? Uh, or, or Tank, you, you, you mentioned uh, street preaching. Well, what plans do you have going that way? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what happened was, is we had um, one of the members of Calvary Chapel Monterey come up and he uh, has tracks and he has his artboard uh, for witnessing. And he also plays guitar and worship music. So he inspired us to join him and get us out there. So um, I was I was wanting it. You know how you pray for stuff and you're like, Lord, I, I want to go do this, but I don't want to go alone. And I think now that I remember right, I think it is biblical that you go out two by two or something along those lines, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. Another one of my girlfriends from church, you know, her and I went out and and we got out there and we and the beautiful thing was is Christians just came, you know, and uh, so then I, I started, you know, walking through the crowd and just inviting them to church. And you know, I was really excited to see how uh welcoming people were and that they weren't, you know, they're not as scary as the devil wants you to think it is. You know, there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I would share. Good yeah. question. Tim. I want to do way more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We got two minutes. Okay. Well, let me give you a scripture. Okay. And I like this. I, I love this from Proverbs chapter three. And it says, place your trust in God and rely on him completely and never depend on your own ideas or your own invention. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish and he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. And don't think that you can decide on your own what's right and what's wrong. Respect God. Turn and run from evil. And if you depend on him, your body and mind will be free from the strain of a sinful life, and you will experience healing and health and be strengthened at your core. Mm. And I love that passage of scripture, you know. And and so I just want to encourage your journey. I would pray for you. Uh, Mm. If God leads you to it, he'll bring you through it. And uh, uh, I, there was an old preacher a long time ago said that if God calls you to run your head into a brick wall, he'll give you enough strength to go all the way through. So <laughs> just trust, you know, trust that God's at work, you know, and, and we will Amen. remember that in prayer. We'll, we will. 
Thank you. Thank you. Amen. All right, we've got 90 seconds. Hey, we're doing good. Tank, one last thought you want to share? Just God bless you guys. You know, keep up the fight. And uh, the, the harder the swim, the deeper the water is, the, is God just giving you a bigger test with a bigger, a bigger hill to climb. And when you're at the top, you won't believe it. Man, that's Thank right. You. Pleasure to meet all of you. And God bless you. Yeah. yeah. God be with you. Yeah. You know, you know. Thank you for having us. It, and it was really a little uncomfortable. It's my first time, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're pretty intimidating looking, aren't we? No, you're not at all. Not, I don't want it to sound that way at all. No, but. no, no, no. I'm just saying you're just right at home, right at home with us. Pastor, yeah. we love you, Pastor. Yeah. All those have a sword behind you. That always scares me a little bit. But. Yeah, I noticed that. well the word of the lord right that's right he's always there and uh so uh so we're gonna we'll have you back we'll stay really close gonna get to to know what god's doing in your lives and everything and ladies and gentlemen we sure want to thank you tank say hi to stiff force and the boys and uh, we're glad you're safe and and back and brother paul sure good to see you bro and uh we'll talk to you again real soon tomorrow and what's going on and April and Richard, God bless and keep you and keep using you and keep those boats coming. He's got it. He's got it. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to Raising Expectations. Your show, your crew, your family, your friends, his people with you. God bless and keep you. See you next week. Same time, same station. Raising Expectations. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk. Listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556. Or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you, and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.